welcome to Deeply Rooted Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Welcome back, ladies, to another Deeply Rooted Devo. And this is the second part of our uh, series that we are doing on getting ready for fall. Uh, last one, we had our friend Joanne Watkinson join us, and she's back again today. Uh, she is the author of a wonderful cookbook called Make Ahead Meals, and um, we'd encourage you to look for that in your local bookstore or online. Um, but it, before we get going on that, Martha has um, a, a, just a passage to talk to us a little bit more about how we can be organized and how we can feed our family and keep them from being hangry. So Martha, would you like to share that with us? I would, I would. I was talking with a friend the other day and she was saying, um, she heard from a preacher how much of Jesus' ministry surrounded meals and food. And I got thinking about that and I thought that is so true. And often as women, we're the ones that take care of the food. Not always, but a lot of the time we are. And it, it's kind of interesting that Jesus did so much around food. So I'd like to invite our listeners, if you have your Bibles, I'd just like to read from John chapter 6. It's a little story about how Jesus teaches a lesson through food. So John chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. And I'll just read this. I'm reading from the ESV. After Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, and isn't that the way when it's a holiday? I think that's the point of the Passover here. It's, it's a big crowd. Um, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. So Philip says that it would cost too much to feed all these people. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And then just skipping down in that same chapter six, Jesus takes up this lesson from the meal. And in verse 35, after Jesus had filled all their hungry tummies, he uses this as a metaphor for filling us spiritually. 
John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so much could be said about this and has been said, but I'd just like to focus on the plain facts. Jesus is interested in what we eat and that we don't go hangry. Um, I'm thinking his disciples might have been worried this crowd might be getting hangry and what's going to happen with this massive number of people and they have nothing to eat. You know, we kind of think of Bible stories as all sweetness and light, but can you imagine 5,000, they say men, and that maybe was not counting the women and children. So maybe this is a crowd of, I don't know, up to 10,000 people and they're all hungry. Well, you know what can happen at these things. So the disciples are worried about that. And Jesus, he knows already what he's going to do to take care of them and to feed them. And I love it that he uses a small boy with his little lunch. Um, so just the plain facts there. Jesus is interested in feeding us and that we as humans um, are well fed, that we don't go around physically hangry. And then in the second passage, we use that experience to teach a spiritual lesson, Jesus does. And Jesus meets our spiritual hunger. He's our bread of life. So let's say, let's push that metaphor a little bit and say that without taking time to be spiritually nourished, we could become spiritually hangry. We might become disappointed with God or cranky or just in that kind of bad state. And you know, the more studies that get done, they say this idea of being physically hangry actually is a thing that when our blood sugar goes low we're just not the way we are meant to be and i think it's the same with our spiritual food and that was kind of the spiritual lesson jesus wanted to teach his disciples we cannot feed people from an empty cup and uh, with our busy schedules the way they are rushing here and there it honestly takes discipline to be nourishing ourselves spiritually and physically, it takes discipline to actually spend time having a meal, having a meal with Jesus, but also having a meal at the table at home. And so we really encourage you ladies to think about how, how can we do that? And so we have Joanne back with us today, and uh, we're going to ask her that question. How would you Joanne suggests that we plan and prepare to nourish ourselves and our families when our schedules are so crazy. Well, thank you for having me back. And I do remember those days of running around and just a lot of times you just felt like you were doing, doing, doing and accomplishing nothing. And there were quite a few little, little things that came along that, that really helped me to get into a, a, an organized plan. And I, I do want to share those today. Um, I think, well, there's a number of things that come to my mind on how to nourish our family and ourselves without going crazy. And the first, and I think is the most important, is prayer. Begin your day with prayer. And I know that's hard. I'm not one that would wake up at five o'clock in the morning to, <laughs> to pray. But, you know, you can pray on the go. You don't have to sit stationary in one spot to have have prayer. 
one of my best prayer prayer times, you know, happened in the shower. I was by myself. It was one of the only times I was alone and I had great prayer times in the shower. Another was driving the kids to school or driving them to the bus stop. You know, I would pray for their day at that time. And over time, it really blessed my heart because I would start to ask them, you know what, I would like you to pray for our day. And just to hear them, you know, what I had had modeled for them, hear it come out of their own mouths, really blessed my heart. And uh, I think that was that was great to have. Um, one of the other things, this was my secret sauce, was being organized. And this is the time of year where we get our schedules. We know the activities our kids are going in this year. And I remember it being so overwhelming that we were out almost every night. And so take your calendar, mark those big events on your calendar, put in your appointments, and then just take take all the mundane things. This is what I began to do. Instead of a laundry day, I would do one load of laundry every day. And it became a habit. Like I would schedule it in my day. Seven o'clock, I would put my dark laundry on a Monday. Tuesday, it would be the lights. I would schedule all these little mundane tasks. Friday was vacuum the floors. And I would put it in a time slot, just like an appointment. And you might think that's a little over the top. It became a schedule, which became a routine, which became a habit. So that it came a point where I wasn't even thinking about it. It was just so ingrained on me that this is this is the flow of my day. And I wasn't running around feeling like I accomplished nothing. And it opened up time slots where I could fit in the fun stuff. Um, learning to say no. It's okay to say no. You don't have to put your kids in every activity going or every activity they ask for. Um, you're not going to traumatize them for life because you said, no, you can't be in this particular activity. It's okay. Um one-on-one -on -one dates, I think, are so important, you know, for your spouse to take a child and yourself to take a child and just spend that quality time. That's when they truly open up to you and share what's going on in their day. I found that, you know, you could ask them around the supper time in a group setting, what happened in your day? And you'd get nothing, nothing happened. <laughs> but if you really took them one-on-one, -on -one, that's when they'd open up and tell you exactly what was going on in their life. And the last is schedule time for yourself. Again, put it on that calendar. For me, it was going to the gym. Now, that's not everybody's cup of tea. But for me, that was my quality time. That It became a social time for me because at the gym, we met the same people every day. And we would socialize and then do our class, then go home and, and get what needed to be done. And, uh, you know, it could be a lunch with a friend. Schedule it in once a week, once a month, whatever fits into your schedule. What are the hobbies you enjoy? What 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 really brings you joy in your life? Just make sure you take that time to schedule it in and, and do it for yourself because you deserve it. You work so hard taking care of your friends or not your friends or family. Well, maybe you take care of some friends, but but you look after your friend, your family and and you need to make sure you take care of yourself, too. Such good advice, Joanne. You're speaking my language when you talk about organized. <laughs> I use the Google Calendar and my Google Calendar has it, it has color coding, which is wonderful because I can tell um, when the routine tasks are a certain color. And I even put in time with God because if you don't, it doesn't happen. And the days where I just think, oh, well, I'll just do this first and that, and, and it just doesn't happen. And so I really encourage people to be disciplined. That's awesome. 
So thank you for all that great food for thought. And uh, so Martha, would you have a closer for us as we end this Devo? I do. And I want to chime in and just say what, uh, how much I agree with what uh, Joanne has just shared. Because I find even now um, where my schedule isn't so busy, those mundane tasks can overwhelm you and make you think, uh, they paralyze you sometimes. You think, oh, well, I ought to be doing this or that. But now I've put myself on a schedule. And if it's not laundry today, then I'm not worried about it. And if you have a schedule, it can kind of, if you're the kind of person like me that gets overwhelmed, you can just put it out of your mind because it's not that day. And I really love that. Thank you so much, Joanne, for that. Now, you have just shown us there's so many ways to take care of our families, to stay on top of this busy schedule, to keep that hangry crowd under control. Life is busy and busier probably than ever before. And as we've said, carving out time even for ourselves can take discipline. So as we run through our busy day, I would say spiritually too, let's not just get a grab and go, but let's have a, a regular time, whether it's in the shower or as she said, in the car, or I often will listen to my devotional as I'm getting dressed in the morning. Make sure you have a time that you are going to spend with Jesus, hearing God's word and praying, because that will keep you fed. And so you're not spiritually hangry. And then you're able to minister to the people in your life, whether it's your family or your friends or your uh, coworkers. We want to take that time. So what do we do if we just can't find the time? What do you think, Joanne? I think, first of all, if you take the advice and make a schedule, which becomes your routine, which becomes habit, I think you will find that it seamlessly falls into place for you and you will have the time. Um, second of all, really look at your schedule. Look at what you're doing in your day. Are there time wasters? Is there anything that you need to take off your plate? Is there anything that you're doing that you're like, you know what? This is not serving my schedule very well. I need to stop doing this or, or I need to let this go or I need to resign from something. Really look at the time wasters if you're not feeling called to something, but you're doing it out of obligation. And I think if we're talking meal planning specifically, one of the little hacks that I had um, was as you're making a meal for dinner, make a second one, prep a second one, put it in your freezer. That way you build up a little bit of stock in your freezer so that on a really hectic day, you just have to pull it out and it's there for you. That was that was a really big hack that I learned and to do. Um, and also um, for a little social event, if you're trying to build up your freezer meals, have some friends over. A group of four friends is a great number. Each person comes with ingredients uh, to make two recipes, but four of the rest, four recipes of it. And you swap meals at the end of the night, you go home with eight meals. It was a really, it was a fun to get together with friends and have that social time and come out with some meals. I love it. I think that's a great suggestion. <laughs> great suggestion for a party too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, I hope that you've walked away listeners with a whole lot of new ideas of things that you can try this fall as you start the new, the new school year and uh, start rolling up your sleeves and getting busy with your schedules. 
Um, the things that I've learned today are about being organized and being uh, determined to squeeze in the important things. And so uh, listeners, as we have listened to God's word and as we have learned some things, we uh, trust that you'll stay deeply rooted until we join together next time. Thanks for joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted at myharvestchurch.ca. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.